Controversial author and speaker Ann Coulter says if Democrats had any brains, they'd be Republicans. She joins us today to talk politics. Also, will the Law of the Sea Treaty give unelected bureaucrats control over 71% of the Earth's surface? And could we be headed for World War III if Iran gets a nuclear weapon? Former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton will discuss it today. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev... Tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. We just want Jews to be perfected as, as they. Want to say you? Yeah, no, that's what Christians We right. believe the Old Testament, but ours is more like Federal Express. You have to obey laws. In my old days, We know we're all sinners. Okay, that's Ann Coulter, Ann Coulter, Fox News commentator, and she's written a new book, If Democrats Had Half a Brain, They'd Be Republicans. Later in the program, we'll be talking live to Ann Coulter at 530. You don't want to miss it. But did you hear that soundbite? She said, we want Jews to be perfected, perfected. And this has been very controversial if you've been watching uh, the news this week, reading the papers, and uh, there's a, there's kind of an outrage over this. Um, what do you think about it? The number is 800-881-9270. What are people so upset about? Did she get it theologically wrong to say that Jews need to be perfected? Uh, she was talking, I think, to Donnie Dutch, I think is his name. He's a CNBC um, broadcaster, and uh, he's Jewish. And she invited him to her church, and which is what Christians ought to do, I suppose, when they meet anybody, uh, including Jewish people. And But she said that we want Jews to be perfected. Perfected. Is that theologically accurate? The number is 800-881-9270. That's 800-881-9270. If you want to call in this first segment, we can talk about that. Maybe people are just simply upset over this notion that people need to be changing, that is, conversion, that is, inclusivism. Now, most people think today that um, all roads lead to God, all roads lead to heaven, the Buddhist road, the Mormon road, the Muslim road, the Jewish road, the Christian road, all leading up to the same peak of the same mountain, and that is God, and that is heaven. And, of course, what Ann Coulter said would uh, fly in the face of that accepted notion today. That is, 
that uh, there is one way and that we want Jewish people to be perfected and to become Christian, perhaps to receive Jesus as Messiah. Uh, Did she say it in an offensive way? Maybe that was the problem. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Also, President Bush, warning of World War III. I've told people that if you're interested in avoiding World War III, it seems like you ought to be interested in preventing them from having the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. All right, he's talking about Iran. President Bush said yesterday... Iran is on the way to getting a nuclear weapon, and unless you want World War III, we better stop it. Of course, the Russian leader, Putin, uh, warned the U.S. about this warning. Uh, Ahmadinejad in uh, Iran just shrugged it off. But we're going to talk in the next segment with former United Nations Ambassador John Bolton. John Bolton has just completed his service as the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. He'll be coming up on the next segment. We'll ask him specifically about that question. Want your comments, though, at 800-881-9270. We've got Bill on the line from Garland. Bill, thank you for calling and holding. What do you think of Ann Coulter's comment? Well, she may not have been correct in the way she said what she said, but she was correct. And unfortunately, she may have offended some people. But Jews have no help, no promise without Jesus Christ. That's what the New Covenant is all about. The Jewish uh, people made all these rules up, and we have a pretty little simple system there of ten rules. But to be a Jew, you've got, what is it, 612 rules that you have to live by every day. You have to have ten men or boys that are above the age of 13, and a priest to even approach God. So they are lost without Jesus Christ. So theoretically, she was correct, but maybe she didn't say it right. But unfortunately, um, that's probably one of the biggest problems we have today is we're scared that we're going to offend somebody by telling the truth. And I just want to tell you, I loved hearing Vody Bauckham several months ago when he spoke on your program. That's what's wrong with America today. We don't have black and white. We don't have right and wrong anymore. There's so much gray matter out there that we're scared we're going to offend somebody by telling them that, guess what? Heaven and hell are going to be full of people that Jesus Christ died for. The only ones that will be in heaven are the ones that accept him. All right. Thank you, Bill. Bill, um, we're going to be interviewing Ann Coulter at 530. Do not miss that. We're going to ask her about this notion of Jews being perfected becoming Christians. In fact, let's go to that second Ann Coulter cut, Larry, where she says she's comparing now uh, the Jewish way with the Christian way. No, I'm sorry. It is not intended to be. I don't think you should take it that way. But that is what Christians consider themselves, perfected Jews. We believe the Old Testament. Um, As you know from the Old Testament, God was constantly getting fed up with humans for not being able to, you know, live up to, to all of the laws. What Christians believe, this is just a statement of what the New Testament is, is that that's why Christ came and died for our sins. All right. Christ came and died for our sins. Well, that sounds a whole lot like the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, how that Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and three days later he rose from the dead. He was seen by hundreds. And, of course, that's Ann Coulter speaking to Donnie Deutsch, and he's Jewish, and she said, I want you to come to my church. I want you to become a Christian. Jews need to be perfected. 
Was she right theologically there? 800-881-9270 is the number. We've got Charlie on the line from Denton. Charlie, how do you take this Ann Coulter quote? Oh, she is way out of line with that because none of us are perfected to the point whereas we have no defect, no fault. We are not flawless. We are not always accurate. And we're not always absolute. Now, I can agree that every person should accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to become saved. And then after the culmination of everything, Christ himself is going to present us to his Father blameless. So none of us are perfected. We're traveling every day to reach perfection. So I think she used the wrong terminology there in order to get the people to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you so much. We want to know what you think. The number is 800-881-9270. We're going to ask Ann Coulter that question at the half hour. She'll be here. But first, John Bolton, the United States ambassador to the United Nation. We're going to ask him about World War III. President Bush yesterday said, look, we're heading for World War III if Iran gets a nuclear weapon. And I'm going to ask Ambassador Bolton, how close is Iran to getting that weapon? What can we do about it? Well, right now we've got Tyler on the line from Arlington. Tyler, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Hey, Dr. Johnson. Now, doesn't the Bible say that Jesus Christ is the author and perfector of our faith? It does say that. Okay. so I finisher. I and the book of Hebrews uses perfection language, not exactly the way that Ann Coulter used it, but it's not uh, an alien idea. I'll put it that way in the New Testament, that we are to strive for perfection. Of course, that's part of sanctification in the Christian life. But I'm really now talking about the types in Old Testament Judaism, the types in the Old Testament, such as the temple and the tabernacle and the priest. And the book of Hebrews indicates that Jesus is a fulfillment of those types. Uh, but continue, Tyler. Well, the reason I bring that up is I don't think she meant in the sense of saying that Jews need to be perfected, that we as Christians are already perfected. I think she was leaning towards that statement of Scripture, whereas right. we are all being perfected, we are all being sanctified, we're all being made holy, but the Jews are going to miss out on that if they miss the pivotal piece of the Messiah. I think that's what she was trying to say. I think people are saying that she was equating being perfected and us being perfect as Christians. And I think that's the, the issue of the rub. I think if you take the book of Leviticus and the book of Hebrews, you will see this concept of perfection used to talk about us, used to talk about Christ, used to talk about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And, of course, completion is a word I probably feel more comfortable with as we're talking about Jewish people coming to know Jesus as Messiah. It would be a completion, a fulfillment of all of the groundwork, all of the scaffolding, all of the framework that you see in the Old Testament comes to completion in Jesus Christ. We've got Michael on the line from Waxahachie. Michael, what's your response to Ann Coulter? Oh, uh, I support her 100%. Uh, it is... Uh it is necessary that every Christian uh, to stand up and to proclaim uh, Christ Jesus. And uh, we understand that uh, God uh, here, uh, not too long from now, is going to uh, deal with the Jewish people again when they say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, referring to Christ Jesus himself. Hey, thanks, Michael, for that comment. Look, I don't see any way you can read the book of Romans, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, 
without understanding that there is going to be a future turning of Jewish people to Jesus as Messiah. And I don't understand how that's going to play out, but there is some future eschatological turning of Jewish people to Jesus as Messiah. And I think what offended uh, Donnie Deutsch was this, this the idea that one um, would be a Hindu or a Muslim or Jewish or Buddhist or anything and need to convert or to switch or to come to Jesus. And I think the Christian message is that Jesus is the only way. And whoever you are, whatever you are, you need to come to Jesus. We've got Rebecca on the line from Dallas. Rebecca, what do you think? Well, even as I was listening, you said what I was going to say, which is for years we've talked about the Messianic Jew as being a completed Jew. And I think it was just uh, the word she used. And the gospel is an offense to those who are perishing. So his response was very normal. And, you know, Anne's very outspoken, and she was correct. I, I totally support her. Uh, I, I think it, it got a little heated there for a moment. <laughs> but, but her, you know, the idea that, yeah, we're completed Jews, and, and sure, you need to be too. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. And that's just the, the age we're living now. Hey, thanks, Rebecca. I think you're right. There is a spirit of inclusivism and pluralism, which says this, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something, as long as you're religious. And I think what bothers people is that Anne's saying, look, even though you're Jewish, you need to come to Jesus. He died for our sins. She invited him to church. And uh, he found that, I think, kind of offensive well, very quickly, we've got Hammy on the line from Dallas. Hammy, I've only got about 30 seconds. What's your view? My view is that the Jews really need to be perfected. And this is because it's a high time they believe that the Messiah came. And the only way to be perfected is Jesus Christ. All right. Hmm? Thank you so much, Hammy. Well, Hebrews 2.10 says that the author of our salvation, that's Jesus was perfected through sufferings. That's an interesting use of the word. But I think the notion that Jewish people have the foundation, have the basis, have the framework is correct with the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, but they need to complete that. The way to complete that or to perfect that is to recognize Jesus as Messiah. Read the book of Hebrews. Are we heading for World War III? Iran getting nuclear weapons. We'll ask the former UN ambassador from the United States, John Bolton, that question when we come back. Also, Ann Coulter at the half hour live. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. 
That's chriswill.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We just want Jews to be perfected as, as they. Want to say you? Yeah, no, that's what Christians We right. believe the Old Testament, but ours is more like Federal Express. You have to obey laws. In my old days, we my know old we're days, all sinners. All right, that's Ann Coulter talking to Donnie Deutsch, and she's saying, look, as a Jew, you have to obey the Old Testament laws, if that's what you're going to go by. But she's saying, as Christians, we believe that we're sinners and that Christ died for our sins. She's been attacked in the last week for saying that Jews need to be perfected, that is, to come to Jesus. And uh, we're going to talk to Ann Coulter at the half hour. In just 15 minutes, she'll be on Jerry Johnson Live in 15 minutes. Do not miss that interview. We're also going to ask her about this new book. If Democrats had any brains, they'd be Republicans. Well, earlier in the day, I spoke to former United Nations Ambassador John Bolton. Here is that interview. Welcome to the program, Ambassador Bolton. Very glad to be here. Ambassador Bolton, let me ask you this. Um, We're seeing that the Middle East seems to be a a tinderbox right now, potentially. I'd like you to listen to President Bush yesterday talking about Iran and nuclear weapons. I want to get your reaction to this. I've told people that if you're interested in avoiding World War III, it seems like you ought to be interested in preventing them from having the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. Ambassador Bolton, World War III, uh, a lot of Americans really alarmed when they hear that. Here's the question for you. How close is Iran to getting nuclear weapons, and uh, what can we do about it? Well, the the Iranians, uh, as best we can tell, uh, have mastered all of the complex science and technology that they need to to have complete uh, control over the nuclear fuel cycle, all the way from uranium in the ground, and they have uranium deposits in Iran, uh, all the way to uh, weaponized, highly enriched uranium for nuclear weapons. at this point, the only thing between them and that capacity is how many resources they want to pour into it at any particular point in time. And with oil now at over $85 a barrel, uh, they've got a lot of money coming in. So uh, I think we're at a particularly dangerous time. I think the president was alluding as well to the statements that Iranian President Ahmadinejad has said about wiping Israel off the map. Yes. Uh, and that's a pretty dangerous combination of a extremist uh, uh, religious uh, fanatic like that with a nuclear weapons capability. Now, you just uh, finished up at the United Nations, and today uh, Mitt Romney, who's running for president, said he thinks the the global body is a failure. I see that Defense Secretary Gates talking about Iran said that we need a united front of nations to pressure Iran. I thought it was interesting that he didn't say the United Nations. Here's my question to you. Do you think the United Nations can bring the proper pressure to bear against Iran, or we're going to have to look at some other coalition of the willing, I guess, again, uh, to get the job done? Now, I think we're past the point where the U.N. Security Council can have any impact. Uh, If we had been able to get Iran to the Security Council three or four years ago, uh, perhaps it would be different. But the fact is, today, the Security Council has passed two sanctions resolutions against Iran, 
that have not slowed them down in the slightest. Russia, President Putin just being in uh, Tehran, has all but said he doesn't want to see another resolution, and, and even if there is one, it will be toothless as well. So I think given Iran's advanced development stage uh, and its nuclear program and the lack of prospect for a serious Security Council sanctions resolution, uh, if we're going to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons, we're going to have to do it outside of the U.N., you're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Our guest is U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, John Bolton, a former U.S. Ambassador. Uh, Ambassador Bolton, uh, you've mentioned uh, here maybe the uh, inability of the U.N. now to move ahead. Uh, here is Mitt Romney, some sound from Mitt Romney on the U.N. Human Rights Council. The Human Rights Council of the United Nations has sanctioned Israel, I believe, nine times. But it's found uh, no reason to sanction the Sudan, North Korea... Syria, Zimbabwe. All right, Ambassador Bolton, I think you were uh, speaking out for reform at the U.N. I think the average American may not know much about this Human Rights Council. Could you just tell us uh, the kinds of countries that are sitting on this council and why that really doesn't work for the United States? Well, I think uh, Governor Romney's right. This new Human Rights Council is a complete failure, and the United States predicted as much. It's why we voted against it uh, last year. Its predecessor body, the U.N. Human Rights Commission, had been completely discredited, uh, and everybody, even U.N. Secretary General Kofi Annan, agreed we needed a new body. So we set out to change the composition, making the a point you just made that it, we needed to get the gross abusers of human rights off the human rights right, right. but unfortunately even our friends in Europe uh, one by one uh, retreated on these reforms to the point where this new body when it came to be set up uh, wasn't fundamentally any better than its predecessor and in many respects in its slightly over one year in operation has proved to be worse so this was an opportunity for real reform at the UN uh, that was sabotaged uh, both by the non-aligned movement, the developing countries, uh, and I'm sorry to say by our friends, the Europeans, who wouldn't stand up for a really effective Human Rights Council. Ambassador Bolton, let's talk about a very specific measure right now on fast track uh, in the Senate, the Law of the Sea Treaty. A lot of people are concerned that we may give up some of our sovereignty, that we may have direct taxation from the U.N., uh, what is this Law of the Sea Treaty? Do you have concerns about it, or do you support it? No, I, I oppose it. You know, this thing has been around for close to 30 years now, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought many times uh, we had driven a stake through its heart. President Reagan opposed this treaty, and he opposed it for a variety of reasons. Uh, former Attorney General Ed Meese and National Security Advisor Bill Clark wrote an excellent op-ed article in the Wall Street Journal a few days ago elaborating on President Reagan's uh, opposition to the treaty, and his reasons in the 1980s uh, are still valid today. And in fact, uh, there are additional uh, pieces of evidence why it's a bad bargain for the United States, putting uh, a lot of very important uh, questions about the sea into the hands of international tribunals, uh, where we would just be one member of 150 or so parties to the treaty, uh, and in a very disadvantageous position. So a number of senators uh, have begun to raise questions about this. I think this uh, needs very careful examination by the Senate, and I hope they defeat it. 
And what do you make of the claims from Bill Clinton to Joe Biden that uh, Reagan's concerns have been fixed and uh, now this is a good deal for us? Well, that's just flatly wrong. And I think if you look at Ed Meese and Bill Clark's piece, it'll, it'll explain that Reagan uh, was concerned more than about the provisions for seabed mining of important uh, natural resources. Uh, even the fix that the advocates of the treaty uh, claim has been put in place, I think, is inadequate. And Reagan's opposition was far broader than just that one specific position. And let's talk for a minute about North Korea. I know you were engaged with uh, the North Korean crisis. Where do we stand now? Are they supplying, trying to supply people like Syria uh, with nuclear technology? Well, you know, this is a very, very serious matter. North Korea has made a habit. Uh, over the past 15 years of promising to give up its nuclear weapons program. And in exchange for that, uh, it's repeatedly gotten tangible economic and political benefits. I mean, we even have the Bush administration now uh, preparing to take North Korea off the list of state sponsors of terrorism, which I think would be a very bad idea. Even at the point where we're prepared to give all these benefits to North Korea, not only is there no evidence that they've really committed to give up their nuclear weapons program, not only is there no verification mechanism in place, uh, we apparently have evidence of North Korea outsourcing its nuclear weapons program to Syria. Now, there's a lot we don't know about that Israeli raid into Syria on September the 6th. Uh, I don't want to overstate where we right, are on right. it, but I think it's important to get the facts out as to what we know about North Korean activity in Syria. This is Jerry Johnson Live. I'm talking to former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, John Bolton. Ambassador Bolton, you are writing a book, I think, called Surrender is Not an Option. Is the book out yet? Well, it'll be out on November the 6th. Wonderful. And, uh, Could you give us a preview, a little taste of what's coming? Well, it, it's, a, it's an effort to show what we did right and what we did wrong in the Bush administration and to explain to people who have never had the pleasure of working at the U.N. or working mm. at the State Department how those institutions work and when people scratch their heads and say, how did they do that? Uh, I hope I'm able to uh, show them. You know, a very senior career official at the State Department once said to me, if the American people knew how we made foreign policy, they'd be after us with, with pitchforks. <laughs> and I, I expect uh, a lot of stories in the book will produce that reaction. I have a final question for you, and that's about China. We do all this trade with China. Are they a strategic adversary? Are they a friend? How should we view them? I mean, they, they're trying to shoot down satellites. They're practicing that. They, they've been hacking into computers and, and of course, putting lead in toys. That's maybe not uh, a national security issue. But, uh, you know, they've really thrown a fit about the Dalai Lama being awarded uh, the Congressional Gold Medal this week. How should we view China? Well, I think it's a very important question, and, you know, it's one reason why I think next year's presidential election is so important from a national security uh, perspective. We need to know what our future president, what the candidates are saying about issues like how to deal with China, how to deal with Russia, how to deal with India. Uh, I don't think we know what China's future holds for it yet. It could be positive and benign. It could be a growing trading partner, uh, or, as you suggest, given the increase in its uh, blue water navy the increase in its strategic missile force the nearly 1,000 short-range ballistic missiles it has pointed at the democracy on taiwan uh, it could be a real problem for the united states so the issue of how the next president will deal with china i think is extremely important i think we need more debate on it in the campaign all right that's former u.n ambassador from the united nations 
John Bolton. Coming up next, Ann Coulter. If Democrats had any brains, they'd be Republicans. Don't miss Ann Coulter coming up in just the next five minutes. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. The Republicans are worried that we can't pay uh, for insuring an additional 10 million children. They sure don't care about finding $200 billion to fight the illegal war in Iraq. Where are you going to get that money? You're going to tell us lies like you're telling us today? Is that how you're going to fund the war? You don't have money to fund the war or children, but you're going to spend it to blow up innocent people if we can get enough kids to grow old enough for you to send to Iraq to get their heads blown off for the president's amusement. Did that really make sense at all? That was Representative Pete Stark during a House debate today on the S-CHIPS bill. He accused the president of deriving amusement from American soldiers dying in Iraq. Well, let's talk about that and more. Our guest is Ann Coulter. She's written the book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. She's also written books like Godless, The Church of Liberalism, and How to Talk to a Liberal If You Must. Welcome back to the program, Ann. Thanks. Great to be here. All right, Ann. The title of this book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, I hope you could hear that sound from Representative Stark... Uh, uh, is that a soundbite for your book, actually? <laughs> no one would believe it. One of the points I make in my book is that, you know, one of the advantages of being a liberal these days is that um, they are no longer susceptible to reductio ad absurdum arguments. <laughs> you take what they say and, you know, try to extend it slightly to make it sound crazy, and one of them has already said it. <laughs> and there it is. If I printed that as a joke, oh, they'd all be shaking their fists. <laughs> How dare you? We love our country. <laughs> well, look, we're here in Texas. Um, I grew up in East Texas. You could not be elected dog catcher or, or certainly sheriff if you weren't a Democrat. And things, of course, have changed somewhat in Texas. But I think there's still a lot of people. Some people call them yellow dog Democrats. But a lot of people that think, well, there's not that much difference. And, you know, uh, as Southerners, we ought to be Democrats. They're for the common people. The title of your book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, I think that sort of uh, leads me to ask you a question. What is the fundamental difference in your mind between the Democrats and the Republicans in principle? Um, I, I, I think it's fairly summarized in the title to my last book, Godless. Mm. Uh, I think it really all comes from that. Uh, I mean, to just, I think the Republican Party could be described as, as having three irreducible principles, national defense, um, small government, and low taxes and the defense of life. Mm. Um, we disagree about a lot of stuff. We disagreed with our own president on illegal immigration. At least a lot of us did. Um, but, but those are the three absolute immovable principles of the Republican Party, and the principles of the Democratic Party are the reverse. Big government, um, 
uh, rooting against your own country in time of war, and abortion on demand at all stages of pregnancy. Um, and, and I think it does all come from, from the, the base conservative belief in, in a higher being and the distinction of, of humans from, from the animals, um, that we can't create heaven on earth, as to paraphrase something Obama promised, a kingdom uh, on earth, he said. We're going to create a kingdom right here right. on earth. <laughs> right. I mean, we make fun of Democrats saying that's what they want. That's what mm. socialists want. That's what Marxists are doing. That's what Mao was doing. We'll create it right here. And if we have to break a few eggs to make an omelet, that's fine. Well, we realize there, there are limits to, to humans. And for one man to rule over another, it requires a system like democracy, representative democracy, where, where one man rules o- only by the consent of the gov- governed. It may not be perfect. Yes, there are mistakes. Um, like with butterfly ballots, but, but that's basically what we're getting at with the system. Whereas liberals think they are God, um, and, and from their experiments in, in Russia and elsewhere, they are not a particularly benign God. Well, look, and right now, it seems to me that the Democrats and, and liberals, they're trying to get the God vote. They're trying to pretend to be godly. Now, I want to play a couple of sound bites for you. You can endure these. Uh, the first two come from Barack Obama. And I'm going to ask you an important question. Here's Barack Obama on the role of faith. These days, when people ask me, what role does religion play in your work? You're, you're running for the presidency of the United States, the, the leader of the free world. What, what role does faith play? I say it plays every role. All right, Anne, he says, faith plays every role for me. Now, here's a second piece of sound from Barack Obama. There are some folks who, coming out of the church, uh, have you know, elevated one line in Romans uh, above the Sermon in the Mount. All right, Anne, here's my question for you. Uh, Barack Obama is claiming uh, to be a man of faith. He's claiming to be a Christian. He's saying he prays that faith plays every role in his life. And then all of a sudden he says, but wait a minute, what Paul said in Romans, it wasn't just one verse. It was a whole paragraph about homosexuality. And Paul goes back to Genesis to say this is against the Creator and the created order. Uh, Obama says, I'm just throwing that out. Do you think he's trying to have it both ways? (laughs) Yes, I mean... Um, uh, I, I won't question his face, but, but if that's true, then he's in the wrong party. Because as I point out in the current book, uh, the Democratic Party platform basically consists of violating each one of the Ten Commandments one by one. Uh, they, want, they want to murder, they want to covet, uh, they want to steal through taxation. Um, they, certainly, they certainly want lots of adultery, which apparently everyone does and then lies about. <laughs> uh, this is Jerry Johnson Live. My guest is Ann Coulter. She's written the book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. Ann, let's listen to Hillary right now. I don't pretend to understand um, the wisdom and the power of God. I do believe in prayer, and I have relied on prayer uh, consistently throughout my life. And, you know, you mentioned uh, life, Republicans standing for life. Of course, the Declaration says we believe that the Creator has endowed us all with the right to life. Uh, Do you think the Democrats are in some kind of uh, denial here about the Declaration, the Bible, if they want to claim to be Christian, claim to be religious, and yet they reject the sanctity of human life? What's going on? Uh, I don't think I don't think anyone believes them. Um, I, I, I mean, take for example, 
Bill Clinton. Um, you know, the, the, the left's biggest complaint, something I also write about in the book, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. That's the one, the one moral stand they're willing to take because they, they reject all timeless moral principles. You know, you can't go after Ted, Teddy Kennedy for drunkenly driving his mistress off a bridge and killing her because, you know, he, he supports public drunkenness. Um, that, that, that wasn't us. That was you guys talking about, you know, adultery and public drunkenness. Okay, well, why, why didn't anyone jump on Bill Clinton for, for his um, reprehensible behavior? Um, forget the perjury and the suborning others' perjury and, and hiding gifts. Um, forget that he lied to the American people. How about just the behavior with Monica Lewinsky, for example, on Palm Sunday in the White House with that cigar? Um, he, he, he used to march off to church every Sunday um, as the Monica Lewinsky scandal got bigger and bigger. The Bible he was carrying got bigger and bigger. They tear up in churches and, oh, we're such big Christians. Well, because no one took it seriously. That isn't hypocrisy because, oh, well, that's just a gag for the voters. Well, and let's switch gears for a minute. You talk about the Republicans in the book, and you mentioned this principle of human life. San Brownback has announced today that he's going to withdraw from the race tomorrow. Uh, what do you think about Rudy Giuliani heading up the ticket right now? He's uh, he's polling at the top place. He's wrong on life. He's wrong on marriage. He's wrong on homosexuality. He's wrong on guns. Um, is is he going to destroy the Republican Party? Um, I am sort of worried about that. I mean, the the biggest issue of of those for me is is the life issue. Like I say, we we disagree with our own president right now on illegal immigration. And and by the way, I think the American people have spoken loud and clear yes. on both gay marriage and illegal immigration. So it doesn't much matter what what any president has to say mm-hmm. about that. Um, though obviously, I prefer one who who agrees with with me and a majority of Americans. Um, but the life issue is is is. <laughs> the sine qua non of the Republican Party, and Giuliani is as out of step with the party he is seeking the nomination of as, um, since I'm down, down in Texas, as Ron Paul is on national defense. Oh, and by the way, just incidentally, one great thing Ron Paul is doing um, is instructing his fellow libertarians that they're supposed to be pro-life. If we could just get all libertarians to be pro-life, that would be a magnificent accomplishment of the Ron Paul candidacy. But it, it seems to me, if nothing else, and, and I've been watching these debates, I may be one of about, you know, two dozen people who, yeah, <laughs> who have watched all of the debates, Republican and Democrat, though I sort of dozed off at the last Democrat debate. I think I've heard that all before. Um, and Giuliani is magnificent in the debate, to go through his good points. I have a virtual love letter to him in my last book, Godless. What he did for New York City is astonishing. I both think both he and Mitt Romney are probably more conservative than their records because they were running for office um, basically in North Korea. They had to get votes from <laughs> very liberal constituencies. They had to work with the very liberal legislators, and, and they actually governed in a pretty conservative manner. But on the life issue, I, 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 just, I, th- I think Republicans have got to demand, and I think Giuliani ought to, it's just utterly arrogant of him not to, to say, I mean, he seems to be allergic to flip-flopping, so he can say, I'm not flip-flopping, I am personally pro-choice, but I am seeking the nomination of a party, one of the pillars of which is, is pro-life. Um, and, and therefore, in order to seek your nomination, I pledge I'll govern as a pro-life Republican. I think he probably would anyway. I think it's consistent. I mean, he keeps telling us he'd appoint the same judges we want. That's, that's 90% of it right there. And then, and then we'll do the rest in the state. 
Um, but I think that would be, I mean, I, I, without that, I don't think I can vote for him. And if a Republican president running against Hillary Clinton or a candidate has trouble getting my vote, <laughs> I don't think it bodes well. <laughs> All right, Ann Coulter, she's written the book, If Den- Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. We're going to be right back with more from Ann Coulter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We just want Jews to be perfected as as they. Want to say you? Yeah, no, that's what Christians we right. believe the Old Testament, but ours is more like Federal Express. You have to obey laws. In my old, we my know old we're days, all sinners. All right, that's Ann Coulter. She's written the book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. It's out right now at the bookstore. You can get it. Welcome back, Ann. And I want to ask you this question, Ann. You were talking about the uh, party a moment ago and who might be the nominee. Let's, uh, let's make some news right here. In this primary process, in the primary process, if you could punch a button and make somebody president, who is your favorite? Who's your candidate uh, for president of the United States? Um, I know that's a very simple question, and I can just be able choose to wisely. Name, choose but, wisely. <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, I like Duncan Hunter the best on the issues. I think he's mm. magnificent. But in, uh, I mean, I think there's probably a reason um, that he's, he's not dominating the field. Partially, it's, mm. it's that he's a congressman. He wasn't the governor of a large right, state. Right. Right. Um, so if you're throwing in. Um, you know, charisma and ability to attract votes, mm. um, I'd have to take off all of the second-tier candidates. Right. And, and, and I feel like I should, I should be choosing between Romney and Giuliani because they are certainly polling the best. Um, and, and between those two, like I say, I think they're not as bad as we think they are. Um, without Giuliani giving us a pledge to govern as a pro-lifer, I, I'd have to go with Romney. What about Thompson? I don't care for him. He's the reverse of what I was saying about Romney and Giuliani. He came from a fantastic patriotic state, Tennessee. He was voting to the left of his constituents. I don't think he could get a case um, of either Giuliani or or Romney voting to the left of their constituents. Oh, to the contrary. They were were governing more right-wing than their their constituents. I mean, it's shocking that, that, that either of them 
actually attained the positions they attained. So they, they also have the proven ability to trick liberals into voting for them. And one, one, one vote that, you know, I think is very important. Obama keeps talking about how, um, oh, you don't want these cobwebbed politicians. Well, it's not that we want a politician with cobwebs. We want a politician with a record, because that's how you judge someone. Anyone can go around giving speeches on bravery and courage and audacity. We want to know what you did when the, when the rubber hit the road. And when Fred Thompson was faced with um, a, a hick in the White House, uh, who had committed a slew of felonies with his constituents from Tennessee calling and overwhelmingly asking him to vote to remove Bill Clinton. He voted no on one of the counts of impeachment. That was a very important vote, and he voted the wrong way. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Ann Coulter. She's written the book, If Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. All right, Ann, you got into uh, sort of a theological controversy last week, and um, you made the comment that uh, Jews should be perfected. And boy, that surely did start off a firestorm. Uh, any follow-up on that today? Um, well, what... one thing just before, <laughs> I just, you've done a brilliant job pre- presenting it, and, and I, don't, I just don't want you to mention the host name, because that's all this was about. It's the lowest-rated show on all of cable news. I was doing the host a favor by doing his show, and he decided <laughs> to make some news by screaming that I was an anti-Semite um, after I a- answered questions absolutely honestly and genuinely. Um, I guess it's one thing to, you know, allow Christians on TV at all, but we're not supposed to actually believe Christianity is true. Um, well, you know, that's interesting because we're a Christian college here, and we have something called the Pashi Institute for Jewish Studies because we believe Christians and Jews have a lot of common ground, but we do believe that uh, Jewish folks ought to embrace Jesus as the Messiah. I think that's always been the Christian message. Uh, any follow-up you have, really, on your understanding of the gospel or uh, the need of Jewish people to, um, to come to Jesus as Messiah? Um, well, sure. I mean, I think I said it all on the program. I mean, the curious thing is, I didn't, I didn't bring up the Jews at all. I said, I, we, I want everyone to be a Christian. Um, if the lowest-rated... Uh, um, host on all of cable TV had said, "Well, I'm a druid. Does that mean I have to give up druidism?" The answer would have been yes. If he had said, "I'm a global warming fanatic. I worship Mother Earth. Do I have to give that give that up?" I would have said yes. Mm. Curiously, it is only in the case of um, the relationship between Christianity and Judaism that we believe all of their testaments. Yes. Um, which is why I said to him, um, "You're not giving up your Judaism. You are coming, as the expression goes." Um, a completed or perfected Jew. Um, and I, th- I gave the very most ecumenical interpretation, and, you know, I assume yes. anyone, a, a vegan would like everyone to be a vegan, and a feminist would like everyone to be a feminist. And I'd already said I want everyone to be a Republican, but, you know, nobody started crying at me for that. Um, it's um, interesting that the many ecumen- of the... the most ecumenical view, which, which I gave, um, is that we do believe the Old Testament, so yes, you can go to heaven by following all of the laws, but that's a tough road to hoe. Um, lots of laws. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get into that with them. How how difficult it is. I mean, I I mentioned it that we have the Federal Express method. Um, we're saved by grace, and you know, for the same reason. Um, uh, although I think abortion is a, is is a murder. 
Um, I don't think I'd want to take a risk of killing an abortion doctor because I don't want to roll the dice that way. Um, I, I don't think I'd want to roll the dice on, on being able to follow all the laws. Well, the Apostle Paul, who was a Jew, said, We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us could keep that Old Testament, and that was the need for Jesus as Messiah. And I want to thank you for being on the program. This book, if Democrats had any brains, they'd be Republicans. It's out at the bookstores. Folks, go get it. And we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. I'd love to. All right, folks, there she is. Ann Coulter always um, mixes it up with a couple of surprises. It's uh, fairly spicy. But um, very interesting comment. We'll be talking about this for the next few days, I'm sure. But uh, let's wrap up here uh, talking about the gospel. Um, Jewish people, Jewish people have a foundation of the Ten Commandments, of the law, of the Messianic prophecies. And it is true that the Old Testament pretty much said, if you keep the law, you live. But if you break the law, you die. And then, of course, Paul comes along and says, as you can find in the Old Testament as well, the Scripture has concluded all under sin. The Old Testament says, There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. The Scripture has concluded all under sin. And that is the reason for Jesus, the Messiah, who lived under the law. He kept the law. And he died on the cross for our sins because we've broken the law. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He was seen by hundreds. And if you repent and acknowledge that you've sinned and your need for forgiveness, you want God to change your life. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, you can be saved. You simply come to Jesus. You believe in Jesus You receive Christ. Look to Jesus and live. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.